hailing from Montreal, Quebec, and weighing in at 230 pounds. Wrestler Chris Benoit was found dead with his wife and son at their home following a missed show in Texas. The details learned about the grisly scene would send shockwaves through the sports entertainment world. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. What do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. Why, hello, everybody. Oh my God, we're here. We are. Hi. <laughs> We are here for another week, another episode of Death and Entertainment. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And this episode is actually the first one that we've had uh, involving a wrestler. So I'm actually pretty excited. A WWF today or a WWE? Uh, I mean... Or Glow. Yeah. <laughs> glow? What's... Oh, the, that's, that's the woman uh, one? The gals, yeah. Yeah, with Mark Maron. It's not Glow. WWF was earlier than WWE, yeah. correct? The only reason they had to change it was because when we were in high school... I'm going to die. Sorry. Kyle's choking right now yeah. to death, and we're just letting him do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in high school, the World Wildlife Fund sued WWF for using their likeness because it was they were the original WWF, and they actually won in court, and that's why they had to change from World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment. That's wow. absurd. So yeah. wait, wait, don't they still go by WWF today? No, WWE. Oh, they shit. They don't even, they bleep out, like on um, the WWE uh like studio service or whatever that you watch like old wrestling pay-per-views they'll like bleep out wwf holy fuck yeah because they're literally not allowed to say it in any capacity anymore i still reference it as wwf well yeah it yeah was what we when knew we it were as. kids it was yeah WWF. like junkyard dog and all that stuff yeah and, british yeah. Bull, bulldog yeah that was great. hulk and, hogan yeah that must Sheik, have iron Sheik. iron Sheik, yeah and jake the snake yeah, yeah. That must have gone on for 15 years with WWF. Oh, at the very least. Took them long enough. Yeah. So what, what, is, what are we covering today? What's the big uh, thing? We are covering a very dark story about Chris Benoit, who was highly regarded as one of the best wrestlers to ever exist. And at the end of his life, he was found... But best, best fake wrestlers. Yeah, but he was an actual wrestler. Oh, he was. Really he good. did that too. Okay, yeah. so he did like Olympics and stuff. Yeah, well, he could have. Okay. But <laughs> I like that. You say someone could have done the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. He was a very skilled technical wrestler, okay. but also a very good guy in spandex throwing people around. Yeah. And not, nothing bad happened to him, and he lived the rest of his life out in uh, happiness? Well, that's something we're going to find out. Okay. Uh, so this story takes us all the way to June 24th, 2007. Oh, yeah. So what was going on <laughs> in June 2007, Mark? I'm so happy you asked, Alejandro. So, um, so the top songs of this time was number five, Maroon 5, Makes Me Wonder. Makes me wonder what that song sounds like. Hello. Yeah, never heard of it. <laughs> Different podcast. I thought you were going to say their other big song. They, they, were, they had a million. Yeah, that that, that yeah. one does not ring a bell. At I all. think they're just, you know, this is the, the tail end of that record. You know, they're they're milking all the money off it. So this is like a B-side <laughs> that, that got to number five, I guess. Uh, number four is Fergie, 
Big Girls Don't Cry. Yep, I remember mm, that one. I, I do remember, remember that. that one. Why are all their songs like for the whole ex- extended don't uh, say Black Eyed Peas universe? Oh, <laughs> you said it. Uh, you you yeah. done gone and said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her other band was huge, but she took a break, did this solo. Yeah, and that was huge. Yeah, yeah. Terrible stuff. Um, T Pain, buy you a drink. Uh, this is the shoddy snapping version. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> and was there a bit of vocoder effect in that? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is the Shop Boys Party Like a Rock Star. Mm, I never, like I've heard rock, that song. Party Like a Rock yeah. Star. Party Crack like a Red a Bull. But the Shop Boys, you know. Yeah. I, no one probably, probably went for their second album. The no. Shop yeah. or Shot? Shop Boys. Shop. Yeah, I, I knew the, the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, it's a Shop Boys. <laughs> it's a Shop Boys. Yeah. yeah they, maybe they, it's them coming back, but they, the pet didn't come back. Yeah. They're ripping <laughs> off an already pretty terrible name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just took out the word pet. <laughs> <laughs> name recognition. Um, number it's one. cleaner. It is cleaner, um, like the Facebook. Number one, Rihanna. Umbrella. Mm. I know that song. Oh, that was Ella A A The Summer of Umbrella. Yeah. Tom Holland did a uh, <laughs> a very good rendition of that on Lip Sync Battle. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he dressed like Rihanna. The director of the movie Child's Play? <laughs> Spider-Man. So the top movies of June 24, 2007, number three. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. That was the sequel to the other Fantastic Four that nobody remembers. Yeah, that was Chris Evans' original um, superhero debut. I have no clue what this is. It was terrible. I must have been just, like, you know, hibernating this entire time. I don't know any (laughs) of this music, any of these movies. Uh, Number two was 1408. That was the uh, Stephen King movie about the dude that was in the hotel room. Oh, was that with John Cusack? Yeah, I think that was with John Cusack. It might have been, or Samuel L. Jackson. Or both. It was Samuel L. Jackson. And just him? Samuel L. Jackson and and John Cusack. And they're both right on the cover. (laughs) I guess I I thought it was a girl. Oh, (laughs) wow. It's supposed to be John Cusack on the cover? (laughs) Yeah. That is not him. I know. It's like a little (laughs) It's a weird doctored version. Yeah. I swear that's not him. It can't be. <laughs> it looks like a Eleven from uh, Stranger Things or whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah it does. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Millie Bobby Brown. Mindy yeah. Blue yeah. or whatever her the, name the is. Mindy Blue Project. <laughs> <laughs> Number one movie of this time, Evan Almighty. The prequel to Steve Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Almighty. Yeah, they made one with uh, Steve Carell. No, this is the Steve Carell. Oh, one. this is the Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. one. Bruce Almighty. Bruce was the Almighty. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow, this guy is fucking out of it today. So you think <laughs> the character shares the same name yes. with the actor? <laughs> wow, like Tony Danza. You think everything is like Tony Danza? He's yeah. Tony in everything. Exactly. Yeah. And Taxi, and uh, who's the boss? <laughs> yeah, this movie made some money, but it was. It's like, what was the point of it? They took Bruce Almighty, watered it down, and threw in this whole religious subtext. Yeah. And it just made for a really boring afternoon at the movies. I never even gave it a shot. (laughs) I hate watched it. Oh, did you? (laughs) Yeah. Steve Carell, I think um, Small Doses, is uh, he's good in. I don't like too much Steve Carell. Ooh, you don't like The Office then? 
I do not like the American Office. Whoa. Oh, I'm one of those Whoa. people. Hot yeah. take. Hot take. Scorching. I actually agree with you. Thank you. Wow. I saw the British series first, loved it, and I was satisfied. Yeah. So then the other one just seemed like a copy, and I never caught up. Yeah. Like, like that guy, BJ Novak, who gives a shit? Like, what are you, what, why are we dealing with these people? <laughs> We're going really deep into the American office. Yeah. 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 Uh, BJ, BJ Novak. BJ. BJ. Uh, <laughs> as we call him around here. Yeah. Good old BJ. Yeah. I believe he is from Dorchester. Newton. Newton. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Who cares? Massachusetts. Bring it all back home, baby. Asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's our that's the top movies and top music. And uh, this is the time George W. Bush was the president. Yeah, second time. Yeah, his second uh, term. For some reason, we gave him two terms. After he <laughs> stole the election 2000, we gave him another <laughs> fucking term. I'm seeing a pattern. A bunch of crappy sequels around this time. Hello? Because yeah. you got... George W. Bush ah. and Fantastic Four. Hot take. And Evan Almighty. Yeah. God Almighty save us all. I know. It's terrible. All right. Let's get into this. Chris Benoit. This guy had quite a life. He was uh, he was born in Montreal, Quebec, as the son of Michael and Margaret Benoit. Ooh, the Benoit family. Yes, the Mike and Maggie. Am uh, I nuts, or is Benoit usually the first name in French? In, in Benoit balls, maybe. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like anal beads. Oh, oh, you're right. The, the Benoit beads. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. But is Benoit? I don't. I don't know if I've ever heard Benoit as a first name other than I, Benoit are you balls. Serious? I don't know too much about the French language or how they they structure their names. Yeah. But, yeah. Don't particularly care either. Oh, like the, the like the American Office with me and Alejandro. about French people. That's yeah. that's my thing. Yeah, it's not the hottest take I've ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. He. Um, he he was bilingual. He spoke French and English, as they do around. Uh, yeah, the, it's like the the province language. Or what? Mm -hmm. There there was some weird splintering off at Quebec, Quebec where they wanted to like <laughs> be their they wanted to be their own country or something. The south of the kind of, of the yeah north. yeah they wanted to splinter off from the rest of. Um, Canada and be like their own thing. Oh, wow. Their own territory. I want to know this once and for all, for real. Is it Quebec or Quebec? We say Quebec. They say Quebec. 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 In, in, Quebec. in French, it's Quebec. Is it? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, of course, the Quebec beads. Yeah, hello. Quebec balls. <laughs> um, so he grew up, He was, although he was born in Montreal, Quebec, 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 he was uh, raised in Edmonton, Alberta, where he was billed throughout his entire career, saying that he's from Edmonton. Um, he also had a sister living near Edmonton as well. So Canadian. Canadian man. A nice Canadian man. I yeah. would like to see video footage of him speaking French because he's just this giant meathead and mm -hmm. just... Him speaking French would just be, it would blow my mind. I don't know why. Yeah. Just throw you off a it, little. It just sounds like it's a smart language for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's different though in Montreal, the French Canadian. Oh, they fuck it up? Accent. Yeah. Cause I had some French friends and they would look down on and make fun of the 
French Canadians yeah. and the way they spoke French. Their French accent to them probably sounded like a southern accent to us or well, that's something. Well, that's everyone in Europe. You know, they, they look at their kind of counterparts uh, in North America or South America as like shittier versions of them. Like, yeah. you know, the mm. Irish look down on uh, on us, you know, what do they get off, <laughs> by the way? Um, and like, you know, in Spain too, like like European Spain, you know, they, they look down on how, you know, I'm sure Latin Americans speak Spanish and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it's always, you know, that's always been the way. Barcelona. Uh, Andre the Giant actually used to speak uh, French in his documentary. You see I believe he's from French. France. Yeah, he's, France. From, he's from actual mm-hmm. France. Yeah. yeah, giant man he used to flip cars over with people inside them who would laugh at him while they were driving by. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> and then he drank like forty-eight beers as for like an appetizer after his father died, and he died. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he cried himself to death. Oh Jesus! That's really? Real, yeah, he cried himself to death. His father died, and he was so upset about it. He drank like sixty beers and just cried himself to death. So he drank himself to death. But he, but it he didn't run out of tears suddenly and was like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh no, I'm drying up over here." It sounds like some kid story that someone crying themselves yeah. to death. It's a fairy tale, like a Tim Burton I'm movie. Cry yeah. to death. The boy who cried himself to death. <laughs> oh shit! So. Uh, he was a huge wrestling fan as a kid and at 12 years old he went to a local wrestling event and ended up talking to the people who ran the event and it ended up turning out to be the Hart family Bret Hart oh, Stu shit. Hart yeah. uh, Owen Hart Owen Hart which we will cover at some point as of well. Of course. He uh, got to talk to them and Stu Hart who is Bret and Owen's dad actually started training him at the start of 12 years old. So he just been saw wrestling. him as a prospect that right away. Yeah. It's crazy because Bret Hart was his favorite wrestler. And then all of a sudden he just goes to this event, talks to people, and then he's being trained by his favorite wrestler's dad. That's wild. Just mm. crazy. So, was there a big age difference between the Hearts and Benoit? Bret Hart was 10 years older. Okay. So he was 22 at the time that Chris Benoit was 12. Yeah. Because I would have thought they were similar age. At 12 I did, years I did old? I to be honest. I was actually shocked to learn this, that, yeah, at 12 years old. Wow, that's insane. Started getting trained by Stu Hart. You got to start him young, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Because he was born in 1967. And so by the time he's 12, that's 1979. And then he trained with Stu for six years. And then in 1985, Stu Hart had his own stampede wrestling promotion and then started using Benoit all the time. Mm. He was billed initially as Dynamite Chris Benoit. It's a good name. (laughs) (laughs) A lot to live up to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You better bring that Dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In his first match ever, uh, he attempted the diving headbutt before learning how to land correctly. Oh, my God. And had the wind completely knocked out of him. And he swore he would never do the, that move ever again. But that ended up being his finishing move <laughs> in his career. Because it's so dangerous, he wasn't going to do it again. But then he's like, fuck it, I got to do it for the show. Yeah, exactly. I got to bring that dynamite. Yeah. So that, that was always his thing, that he would always do like super high-risk maneuvers Jeez. and uh, not really give a shit about his health. Like He would take chair shots. Like nobody else. Well, that's the, the, the mantra of WWE, have all these people kind of risk their lives and, you know, for not enough money and not enough like benefits or anything. No yeah. no union for sure. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon is union busting what every f- time. What a fucker. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like if he had problems with his brain, it must have started around that time he's doing this move. We will get into that. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
so during his tenure in Stampede, he won four international tag team titles and three more British Commonwealth titles, which is a very odd British Commonwealth. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's can- Canadian, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. they're a Commonwealth of uh, England, I guess. they were. Well, they were, but I think they technically don't recognize themselves as that anymore. I could be wrong. Yeah, so the British Commonwealth title was is probably just the same as like the United States title or whatever. It just sure. sounds weird. It does. Because we're not Canadian. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, no, we're not. <laughs> uh, not yet until they take us over and uh, annex us. <laughs> yeah. So he was originally with Stampede for four years and then went over to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And New Japan Pro is a place where if American wrestlers go there, they are going there for a reason they're either going because they're very good at technical wrestling because japan is like very high on that like doing big spots that go back and forth and they're almost landing their moves but the other one's reversing it and it goes on for like minutes and then one person gets like the big move at the end it's not sumo or is this sumo like adjacent no this is in a ring professional wrestling okay like wwf wow but they are they just have different styles. So Americans either go over there and like I said, it's like very technical, like people just love the sport of it. Yeah. Or they're going and doing insane hardcore matches where they're pretty much getting murdered every time. Mm. Like they really? bleed more than anybody. Yeah, there's um Terry Funk and Mick Foley uh used to go over there and beat the ever living shit out of each other. Like halogen light bulbs over the head, wow. chair shots, barbed wire thumbtacks fire all this crazy stuff uh knives in japan yes and it was real it was real it wasn't (laughs) a wwf like show let me show you that was staged no this is real real the hardcore matches there are so insane so how do you even survive these are two guys just going after each other yeah so bloody <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. You said it, man. Yeah. yeah. So he would always go over there as Cactus Jack. Um, okay. So now he's Cactus Jack. No, Mick Foley. Sorry. Oh, Mick Foley. So I'm just giving you an example of like the type of shit that they did. It looks like a regular ring, like you'd see, but yeah. But the <laughs> he's pulling his pants down. It is a regular ring, but that is barbed wire. Oh my god. Ah. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? It's all real. This is what the Japanese really that's really gets them going. This is what they're into. <laughs> got me into the wire. Wow. As I got closer, I became braver. Terry's already bleeding. Oh my from God. the face. Yeah, it's it's brutal. Okay, I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things. Like, do you guys remember Shock Video on HBO from when we were younger? No, kind of. I remember the Faces of Death. Sort of in that round, but they would just show like commercials and events from around the world yeah and you couldn't believe what other countries were into yeah what their mass entertainment like their was regular tv and that thing. reminds me of that just something insane that would never pass here yeah, yeah. that's like they're the bachelor yeah <laughs> yeah that's the love love, is love island <laughs> So he went there to make his name as like a very good technical wrestler. And he actually, in 1990, won his first major championship against Justin Thunder Liger. Thunder Liger. Thunder Liger. (laughs) (laughs) Justin. (laughs) And so he did very well there. And then Arn Anderson, who's like, was a part of the original Four Horsemen with uh, Ric Flair, became a part of WCW. 
which Eric Bischoff was kind of the that spearhead. was the splinter one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So WCW was the direct competitor to WWF mm. throughout the '90s and early 2000s. Uh-huh. Wasn't had, that someone that had like a falling out with uh, Vince McMahon that went to go do their own thing? Yeah, Bischoff was just like fuck all y'all. And um, went over to WCW and just started stealing the roster from WWF. Yeah, I remember that. That was the big thing. They got Macho Man Randy Savage. They got uh, Hulk Hogan. They got... Well, because Vince McMahon wouldn't lock these people down with contracts or solid contracts that would be beneficial to them. So anyone could just swoop in after they've been developed by all these people. Yeah. And then then I think McMahon... uh, I might be wrong, but he started like doing contract, but but that they couldn't bring their their character elsewhere after it was developed at WWF. Exactly. So yeah. if they went to WCW, they would come back with a new name. Is that why Hulk Hogan changed Hollywood into Hulk Hollywood? Hogan. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And what a scumbag! Like he doesn't in the contract, he's not offering them any money or any protections or anything. It's just signing away all the rights that you have. Yeah, exactly. Vince McMahon was also accused a lot of. There was a a trial in 1994 that Hulk Hogan actually had to take the stand on, where the it was United States versus Vince McMahon, and they had him as the spearhead of an illegal steroid operation. Whoa! So. What the United States government said was that he was giving everybody these steroids. And then Hulk Hogan took the stand and like kind of had his back and was like, no, we're all doing steroids, but Vince has nothing to do with it. Wow. So he kind of like saved his ass a little bit. But um, so then he came, this was after he had splintered off to go to WCW or before? It was right before. Oh, okay. Yeah, within a matter of years. And then he's probably like, Vince, you kind of owe me here. You know, how, how about you, you know, send me some money or give me a good contract or something? Vince probably screwed him off. Yeah. And he's like, fuck you now. It's hilarious because as he was leaving after they took the stand, there were cameras following him and uh, asking him about it. And he was just like, just watch the pay-per-view this week, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Always promoting. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, then he's always in some big legal issues. Remember that sex tape and Uh, stuff? Oh, against Deadspin? Yeah. They shut him down. What happened was Peter... He won because Peter Thiel, this billionaire, uh, one of the original investors in Facebook, wanted to go after Deadspin also because he hated them too. And then he funded the prosecution of them through uh, Hulk. And mm. then they were able to take him down with all that. It wasn't Deadspin. It oh. was Gawker. Gawker, Gawker yeah, you're yes. right, you're right. You're and right. Peter Thiel did it because they outed him as gay. As gay, yeah. In the 2000s. And I so he was that. pissed, and he took them down with Hulk hey, Hogan. Yeah, and he saw a, an opportunity open up with uh, Hulk suing them with the sex tape. Wow. And then he, yeah, went after them. Yeah, that sex tape nonsense. He was best friends with Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah. A radio personality <laughs> from Tampa. Yeah. And Bubba just let his friend sleep with his wife. And that's oh, how that happened. That's so weird. He I was didn't like, realize yeah, that. Yeah, hey, Hulk, uh, you want to turn? Wait, so, <laughs> oh my God. Fuck my wife. Yeah. <laughs> and Hulk thought that Bubba leaked it. So then they stopped being friends. Oh, really? Wow. But Bubba says he had nothing to do with it. I, Holy shit. When Bubba says something, I believe yeah. the love sponge. Yeah. You got to believe it. <laughs> you got to soak it up like a love sponge. <laughs> uh, you got to love that sponge. <laughs> uh, so, so he finishes up with New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1993, five. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> around that. Pick one. Yeah. So he finishes up with New Japan Pro and then uh, goes to World Championship Wrestling, WCW, uh, for the first time in 1992. So he's not 
working for Vince McMahon at this time. No, he's not, and he has not yet. Yeah, he had a quick stop at WCW before going to ECW, which is Paul Heyman's. Uh, oh, I'd never even heard of this one. There's like Paul so many Heyman. Yeah, Paul Heyman was um, pretty much the Vince McMahon. He was the owner of ECW, and ECW branded itself differently because they were not family friendly. They were all hardcore matches. Like the wrestlers were coming out and swearing. Like they were using racial <laughs> slurs. Whoa! Like, dude, it's like roast battle, blackface. Yeah. <laughs> Cockfighting. <laughs> and those pay-per-views did so well because like everyone in high school who was like just under 18 were like, we got to see this. Like our older brother can order it or whatever. And you were seeing people get the shit kicked out of them, bleeding everywhere, like that Japan style. Well, they, maybe they were trying to compete with Ultimate Fighting at that time too. Remember Ultimate Fighting came out? That It's, it's mm-hmm. what it turned out to be is... Uh, what mixed martial arts? What's yeah, it called? Yeah, mixed martial arts. Yeah, like that stuff. But Ultimate Fighting was like, holy shit, they got to do it in Mexico because they can't do it in the U.S. It, and it's on pay per view. It was the two of the toughest guys right. from every bar just fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, That's all it, was. it was like regional fights. Like, yeah, like Kimbo Slice and all that shit. And, no weight yeah. classes either, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> it was insane. They would have like a dude who would it be was like illegal six eight and five hundred pounds fight this dude who yeah. was like five two. <laughs> so I'm sure this kind of like this this wild child kind of version of um. WCW, they're like, we're going to compete with them, and that's like going to be our niche market. Yeah, exactly. It's where um, the Dudley Boys came from. I don't know if you remember them. <laughs> they, sound, uh, they sound very the Dudley menacing, Boys. though. Yeah. The Dudley I, Boys. But Doesn't they, ring a bell. They were like, when they came to WWF or WWE, they were like, very family friendly but when they were in ecw they were like swearing at people punching people in the crowd they were like spitting in old people's faces literally spitting in people's faces <laughs> really? slapping <laughs> crowd members in the face yeah that's my kind of show right there. dude they were insane racial and, slurs yeah yes the dudley boy it sounds like like an old southern like sheriff would call it yeah, the dudley boys <laughs> yeah sounds like friends with your extended family in ireland or something yeah. we can't have the dudley boys are coming over for tea. <laughs> so we can't have you, Micah, because the Delhi boys are coming over. <laughs> yeah, so the, it's just all hardcore all the time at ECW. This is where he he became uh, billed as the Crippler. So, oh, my God. <laughs> How did he get that name? He was the Canadian Crippler and the uh, Rabid Wolverine. So, like, this is where he started to become, you know, a little more hardcore. Is um, he doing drugs or drinking or anything? That oh, involved yeah, in this? Of or course. Like, Bunch I'm of sure steroids, all these dudes I'm are sure. Fucked up. Steroids completely. He's been doing steroids for probably his entire career. Oh, wow. Probably starting, like, soon after he was 12 years old. It's, it's in, like, he's, like, 6'5 or something, and he's, like... No, he's only 5'11". I thought he was, like... Like fucking way bigger. No, for some he reason. was like stout, just like a, okay. a smaller guy in wrestling terms, and um, yeah, just thick as fuck. His neck was like bigger than my thighs, and the steroids <laughs> probably helped with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was one of the most ripped wrestlers ever. Like you could see every tiny little muscle in his back. It was all insane. the veins. Yeah, and all the exactly. Shit. Yeah. So Benoit. At uh, an event called November to Remember, he accidentally broke Sabu's neck within the opening seconds of the match. Jesus! The injury came when Benoit threw Sabu with the intention that he take a face-first bump. But Sabu attempted to turn midair and take a back bump instead. So he was supposed to land on his face. Instead, he flipped over and tried to land on his back. And he did not achieve full rotation and landed directly on his neck. That um, is a November to remember. That sure is. <laughs> I'm looking up this guy Sabu. Yeah, he uh, he's a big dude. He, um, oh yeah, 
and he was like a high flyer, like just insane wrestler, super jacked, and yeah. just always wanted to do the craziest shit. Six feet tall. He came up, came out in 1984. He just retired November 5th, 2021. Mm-hmm. So, so Sabu just retired recently. So I guess he was able to keep wrestling or whatever, like even though he broke his neck. Yeah. God, <laughs> these guys, what they put up with Dude, this is how for their career. And how much is... pain do you think that person's in right now? Oh, Sabu, yeah. he's just like oh, yeah. fucking constant pain. Probably in a wheelchair. Jesus. So after the match... From all accounts, Benoit was like a very, very nice, like mild mannered dude behind the scenes and was like super sensitive. And so emotionally. Yeah. So he went back to the locker room and broke down crying because he's like so worried that he just almost like he could have possibly paralyzed someone. They know that his neck is definitely broken. And Paul Heyman, the head booker of ECW, goes backstage and goes, you're going to be known as the crippler. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so almost a haunting thing that was with him the rest of his career. He's crying about it. And the promoter's like, no, let's capitalize on this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He sees dollar signs in, in his eyes. Exactly. That would be intense. If yeah. You felt that broken up about it. And then that becomes your signature. <laughs> you have to wear that like a badge. Of yeah. <laughs> you have to cripple other people yeah. now. <laughs> like Scarlet letter. You're the fucking crippler. <laughs> Yeah. They start making fun of him. Like, you didn't even cripple me. I can still walk. (laughs) Bitch. You call that a crippling? (laughs) See my arm? I can still go like this. (laughs) Yeah. I have one extremity I can use right now. You didn't cripple everything. So, yeah, for the rest of his career, he's known as the Canadian crippler. And Paul Heyman just was like, you know, we're going to work off this. You're going to become a heel. Um, heel just means bad guy in wrestling yeah. terms. Like the heavy. He wanted, help. yeah, he wanted to be the dominant heel for as long as he could before eventually making him a face and making him champion. The the heel's like the bottom, in like a yeah sexual relationship kind of way. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's also part of the foot. Yeah, true. <laughs> mm, we're figuring so much stuff out here. What do you mean he gets the championship after he's the heel for a while? Like the script would go that way? Yeah, so the plan was just to make him a bad guy for a year or two maybe. And then, you know, part of wrestling is like when someone turns from bad to good or good to bad, that's always like the big drama. Yeah. And yeah. so he thought, you know, that would be like the biggest pop possible is like make this guy come out and beat everybody as the bad guy. Pretty much like how... um Brock Lesnar's doing now, and now he's a good guy again, so people love him. Wasn't The Undertaker? He was like the bad guy forever. Then he kind of went to the other. There's some big dramatic thing, and he was like a good guy. Yeah, they always go bad to good. They build in some storyline, and like, oh my God, he's changing. (laughs) (laughs) I think John Cena might be the only wrestler ever that was like a champion for that long and never became a heel. He was always a face. Really? Yeah, because they had him advertised as like um, someone who went to hospitals and like, did children's charities every single day, so they yeah. literally never allowed him. But to the Rock, the Rock was kind of like that too, wasn't he? With like, no, the Rock went bad, really. A bunch. Yeah, and it was awesome when he. Can did. you smell what the Rock is, cooking? dude? I like that that <laughs> gift they always put on that says "Shut up, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, dude, that what? was the golden age. I want to say, well, the second golden age yeah. after Jake the Snake and Hulk Hogan and all of them. Exactly, there was 
Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Attitude Era. And yeah. The Rock. It yeah. was just a bunch of huge stars coming out of that. One time, me and my friends were watching The Rock, and uh, he was just like going, he was talking to the crowd. He's like, do you think I should kill this man? And everyone starts going, no. And he goes, don't do that. <laughs> because the crowd didn't go the direction he wanted it to. It was just so funny that it was just like an unscripted thing. He was just kind of reacting. That's hilarious. It just... <laughs> it's like a joke you write as a comic when it bombs that you thought was going to fucking kill. Yeah. Like, You're doing it wrong, crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so... He's working his way up through ECW. He got the tag team championship belt with his buddy Dean Malenko. And Malenko. Yeah. It was his first. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's excited about this Malenko. <laughs> Let's about this Malenko. Yeah, so they uh, that was his first championship ever in America. It was a big deal for him. Unfortunately, mm. he had to leave ECW because his work visa expired. And Paul Heyman was supposed to renew it, but he forgot to do it on time. Forget to renew the visa of one of your star wrestlers. That's so unprofessional. What he refers to as his number one guy. <laughs> yeah. Who he dubbed the, uh, what do you call him? The Crippler. The Crippler. The Crippler. Yeah. Yeah. He's crippling people for you and you yeah. can't even sign the visa. Yeah. So he was kind of like Vince McMahon a yep. little bit, not really having everyone's back. He's got some not slime doing on basic him. paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, the paperwork. Yeah. yeah. So he left uh, ECW August 1995 and went and just was like, I'm going to tour Japan till somebody else calls. WCW calls again and they bring him back. And this is where he really pops off. He signed with WCW in late 1995 and became a member of the cruiserweight division. So it's not quite heavyweight, just under. Um, the cruiserweight. Cruiser. The Chevy He's Cruiser. He's a cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> so he impressed everybody right out the gate. And Ric Flair, who is just a legend, a fucking titan in the industry, approached Chris Benoit and said, you know, I want to tell the WCW to book you in the new edition of the Four Horsemen. And the Four Horsemen was like one of the most legendary stables ever. Mm -hmm. And so in 1995, he joined the Four Horsemen with Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Brian Pillman. And they brought back the Crippler persona. Oh, yeah. So. Did it ever <laughs> really go away, down. though? No. Yeah. <laughs> Once a Crippler, always a Crippler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was brought in to add to the new dynamic for Anderson and Flair tormenting um, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in their alliance to end Hulkamania. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Boy, that's <laughs> so they didn't want Hulk to dominate anymore. Yeah. Whoever writes these storylines, they're amazing. Yeah. You know, they're just creating, you know, the, the, these insane characters and then just like this crazy battles and stuff. I think. Yes. Could you give an example of a popular storyline that would have been going on with Benoit with Benoit at this time yeah besides just the general they want to take Hulk down what's the actual storyline the fans are following uh so right after this WCW booker Kevin Sullivan was also wrestling at the time and they were actually buddies Kevin was like why don't we have a feud and so <laughs> Chris Benoit and Kevin Sullivan were feuding back and forth and it finally pops off, and they have their match. And then in the storyline, Chris Benoit steals his wife. So his wife was this woman, Nancy, and she's actually from Boston, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And her she was billed under the name. Her name was Woman. 
Um, <laughs> wow. That's this is what, very creative. Not uh, misogynistic this, at this, all. This would not pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> <I don't think. laughs> um, and she was his like valet manager um, who just pretty much they just accompany you to the ring as yeah. eye candy. But she also wrestled. And so in the storyline, Chris Benoit steals his wife. And that went on for a while without Kevin realizing that they actually were doing it in real life. So Whoa, she, what? she divorces Kevin Sullivan and marries Chris Benoit in real life. Scandalous. Yeah, that is very scandalous. Yeah. And that's his buddy, too. His buddy, did, he didn't write that storyline, I bet. Was his buddy. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> note to self, don't create a storyline where your wife does another yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, Benoit's like, I got another pitch for you. <laughs> How about we do this for real? Yeah. <laughs> I have a second draft idea. Got a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna fake have sex tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and fake have three kids and, yeah. and live a long, happy life. Or is it going to be? She's not the one that was with him. Oh, yeah, she shit. certainly was. Okay. Oh, yeah. I will say no more. Well, that's why I kind of at the I end know. was like, or not. So this is how it all started. What bad luck for her. This I Sullivan know. guy, next time he's writing an, uh, an idea, he should think twice about Ooh. what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. What he's setting up here. He's... She should have found another story. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone got any better ideas? I don't like where this one's going. Yeah, yeah. Always go with like four pitches next time and choose the best. Yeah. So, like, people have asked him after that, "Do you regret that storyline?" And he's never said that he regrets it. Well, he can't. He's got to stick in there. You know, he can't. <laughs> I don't know. You gotta, you know, dig in your heels and just say, "No, no, no." That's how it's gonna go anyway. Maybe. Yeah. Well. She they would have it. They were having problems, obviously. Like yeah. that doesn't just happen out of nowhere. But they were kind of estranged anyway because they both had like uh, domestic violence issues together. So she would hit him. He would hit her. She actually stabbed him in the chest and spent three days in jail. And he had to bail her out and was like, "Don't press charges." Wow. Oh my god. Yeah. So that wasn't discovered until very recently. Oh, um, really? That he actually talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, he oh. never wanted anyone. This guy's to very tight lipped about everything. Yeah, with Sullivan character. He didn't want to upset her family, like oh. uh, saying that after you know she had passed or whatever. But it's been you know, but a he little could bit, have said it before years. that. Could have, but yeah, I don't know. He keeps it close to the vest, I guess. You yeah. know when a good time to say it is <laughs> what when you're actually stabbed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she stabbed like, me. Like the <laughs> next day, like hey, I've been stabbed. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why keep it? This is before it? Twitter, though, so it, you can't it, just say, you know, the first tweet, I've been stabbed. Well, you don't have to tweet it, but you can yeah. tell people, let people know what's going on Well, he on told the cops you. clearly what yeah. happened. Yeah. Wouldn't you tell your family and friends, oh, by the way, everything's cool, but I was stabbed? Yeah, well, you know, they tend to figure stuff out like that. Yeah. Right, well, you know, it's a different era, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> <laughs> the wild 90s. <laughs> Benoit ended up being very unhappy working for WCW because uh, there was one last attempt in January of 2000 to keep him with the WCW by putting the vacant WCW World Heavyweight Championship on him by defeating Sid Vicious at Sold Out. 
Wait, wait, the, wait not decent. <laughs> not decent. He's been dead for a the couple of years. The from, uh, from, what's it called? Sex Pistols. Sex Pistols, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the fucking news of the WCW, mate. I've been Yo. dead for 12 years, mate. Yo, thought I was dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. <laughs> fucking Nancy's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sid Vicious is famous for jumping off the top rope to kick some guy in the chest. And the foot that he lands on, uh, his entire leg just snaps in half. Oh my god! See, it's I hate that. One shit, of the man. most gruesome wrestling videos I you'll can't find. Watch that. <laughs> Don't put it on. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. go to YouTube and look I up hate, Sid Vicious leg break. <laughs> I hate broken bones. I'm gonna go off on a little tangent here. One time, <laughs> I was seeing two front fight when I was like uh, 12 years old. Yeah. Or maybe even younger. I was like 10 or something. And some kid was like ready to like brawl this other kid fell backwards his arm went into a ditch behind him and it broke like right in front of me Oof. and it was just like seeing hit like dangle Ugh, yeah, so that's, that's why i'm always like disgusted with broken bones yeah you were you were uh traumatized sorry for the tangent but yeah i <laughs> yeah. was traumatized it was like gross but you know thankfully an uh, ambulance came very <laughs> yeah. soon and took him off and it was just like oh just seeing that yeah. I, you know the worst part about the sid vicious one is that his leg snaps in half and he doesn't realize what happened yet. Like he, he can clearly feel the pain, but he tries to walk on the leg and it's just, he's walking on the floor. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Let's move on here. (laughs) (laughs) But really the real victim here is Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he he had to watch someone break. (laughs) And do nothing about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Your arm's broken, but what about me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What about my trauma? (laughs) How do you, Thing it made me feel, yeah, buddy. Yeah, no one asked about me. <laughs> so Chris Benoit was pissed because management promoted Kevin Sullivan to head booker of the show. Now his sworn enemy that he just stole his wife. So obviously he's not going to be getting his good matches. He's not going to be getting his good promotion. So right. he, he was like, "Fuck it, I'm out." And Peace. he left with uh, his good friend Eddie Guerrero, who you guys might remember. Viva la raza. Latino Wait, heat. I don't think so. I thought you like you mentioned him earlier in the podcast. No, no, I, I don't remember that guy. No, I don't remember him. Eddie Great Guerrero name, was an amazing wrestler. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth in a minute. But yeah, he was a very good friend of Chris Benoit. Chavo Guerrero and Eddie Guerrero were two uh, wrestling brothers that you know wrestled for WWF and everybody else. So Benoit was like, "I'm leaving." Eddie was like, "You know what? Me too. Fuck these people. Let's go." So Eddie Guerrero... Who's coming with me. Yeah. They were like his goldfish. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eddie Guerrero, (laughs) Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn all were like, fuck, you guys were out. So they went over... Wow, mass exodus. Yeah. They went over and were like, hey, Vince, let's work together. So all these guys show up to WWE. And I remember this happening, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. It was so sick to see, because I was like a WWF fan and didn't really love WCW. So when their guys came over, I was just like, yeah, fuck them. Yeah. And I loved it. So he was actually in a tag team uh, partnership with Chris Jericho, who's um, extremely famous and well-known. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, who made a big exodus from WCW and came over to WWF. I remember the first match he was ever in, like they completely didn't even tell you it was coming. And then all of a sudden, his theme music comes on and everybody lost their goddamn minds. It was amazing. Um, Kyle, clearly. Yeah. I love this moment. Yeah. I I never watch any of this stuff. No, no, no. 
I didn't have, you know, anything against it. That shows how huge these guys were, because I remember Jericho and all the guys, really. Yeah. yeah. There's such a mass appeal to these wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the, you know, watching it sometimes. I'll check it out. And uh, was it on TNT and TBS? It was USA for WWF. I remember USA. Yes. Monday yeah. Night Raw and UPN, because Thursday Night SmackDown was on uh, UPN. And then, yeah, it was Turner Network yeah. for WCW, for sure. It did have a reputation as well. Yeah. When I grew up, it was always like, that shit is so fake. Yeah. I didn't give a fuck. Well, that <laughs> so was, that it was like, suck it. It wasn't cool <laughs> to like wrestling Oh, in I, Wisconsin. Oh, that's ridiculous. I loved it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not saying anything bad about it. Well, that it. old argument everyone's been having forever, you know, is it fake or is it, you know, uh, dramatic and, you know, fun? It's like storylines or well, whatever. Sabu broke his neck. Yeah. Okay. So that was real. Real. That was real. And then Benoit stole the woman. Stole the woman. That was real. My wife. My wife. And... <laughs> And then as soon as he gets to WWE, Benoit gets a neck injury in a four-way TLC match. And TLC stands for Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. So Not tender, love, and care. Hey. And not the, I mean, the, a little bit. The Lisa Left Eye band? <laughs> yeah, not Left Eye and whatever the hell the other yeah, two were called. Yeah, what the hell t and Chili? Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> I don't want no scrubs. So I creep. <laughs> so he needed uh, neck surgery. So he almost crippled himself. He, the crippler almost crippled himself. Self crippled. So yeah, TLC matches were just obviously known as like crazy off the wall, meant to borderline kill your bodies, jumping off ladders, through tables, holding a chair, fucking smashing it into someone's head. Just <laughs> completely insane. And that's all real. That's all very real. So then where's this whole fake thing coming from? It's just people talking shit. This shit is so real. It's, but it is fake, too. Like, they're well, yeah, staged. Like, yeah. hey, you're, you're going to lose this match, and then this is how it's going to happen. It's not like a straight-up, you know, fight to the end. It's scripted. Scripted. But yeah. people are really hitting their backs on a very hard wooden surface no, every I know. time. Okay. Yeah, that's what I wanted to clear up. Really getting hit in the heads with real steel chairs. Really? Yes. They none. They're not. They prop never chairs. had a prop. They're chair. not like breakaway chair or anything. No, the only ones during hardcore matches that would be fake were like the trash barrels that were made of tin. So they would just immediately crumble as soon as you got hit with okay. it. But that's it. Everything else, chairs were real. Um, Maybe we can talk now for a second about Owen Hard. Uh, yeah. That he, was real. that was very real. <laughs> he died in the ring. Yeah, he from a high. I remember that was that WrestleMania high up. Yeah. So Owen Hart had a second persona called the Blue Blazer, and so he would wear you know a Mexican wrestling mask and like have this fucking cape on. And when he would enter the ring, he would always do it from the roof of a stadium and then on a zip line come down into the ring. Yeah, right. And That's what it was. Yeah, they used some local guys to clip him in during one of these shows Some i budget dude think mm -hmm. it was in texas no it was in kansas city missouri and they didn't clip him in right he wasn't actually connected to the zip line so when he came down he fucking just fell all the way into the ring and just died instantly yeah. wow it was like that's not on on video yeah anything. it is it's never been released only the aftermath has been released there is blood in the ring for the rest of the pay-per-view. Oh, my God. It so they was, didn't cancel the rest of it. Dude, I remember watching it. It is one of the creepiest. Actually, I could probably bring it up here. Because I have a memory from... It happened around 99, right? 
I remember hearing 19, about it. May 23rd, 1999. I have like a memory of seeing grainy footage of it for some reason. Maybe it was fake. It's never been released okay. as far as I know. Okay. That's Mandela effect, I think. It is. Yeah, because yeah. I've looked. <laughs> I believe you. Like a I'm, sure, I'm sure it would have been out there, you know, and a lot of people would have watched it. Yeah. If you're out there and you have this footage, please send us an email please. with a link. Well, the the fan base of the people that are into wrestling are also into looking up insane shit online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, yeah. So it, at this event, it's like they're getting ready. They're showing the promo package. And then all of a sudden, they kind of cut to Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. And mm, Jerry Lawler. Yeah. They're just yeah, Andy, Andy Kaufman. All <laughs> uh, right. And they're like, there's been a horrible accident. We're taking a quick break. You know, we got to figure this out. Owen Hart has been very injured. Uh, He's getting taken out of here immediately. And then, like, uh, 20 minutes later, this happens. Uh, Tragedy befell the World Wrestling Federation and all of us. Owen Hart was uh, set to make an entrance from the ceiling. And uh, he fell from the ceiling. And I have the unfortunate responsibility to let everyone know that Owen Hart has died. Owen Hart has tragically died from an accident here tonight. As everyone's cheering behind him. Yeah, nobody in the crowd knows yet. Well, they must have saw the guy fucking fall directly onto... Where did he fall onto? onto in the ring. Into the ring? There's no. Blood, there's blood in the ring. Because I thought he would he would have came in diagonally, but he just came a straight shot from the top. Yeah, all the way down. Yeah, that's insane. And then he just plopped Did right into the ring. Into the ring, he splatter. hit the turnbuckle. A splatter, I he, wonder. He landed on the turnbuckle. What's the turnbuckle? Uh, the turnbuckle is the corner, like the metal. Oh my god! So he could have yeah. impaled him almost, or just like. Well, yeah, he fucking hit against it and then fell into the ring. So yeah, yeah. yeah he could have popped like a pinata. Yeah, I mean, I would assume so. There was a lot of blood. In the ring, it must have been. He must have been like liquefied or something. Like, <laughs> Pretty much liquefied. Liqui- so liquefier. People want to say this shit's <laughs> fake. This shit is not completely. Okay, fake. but devil's advocate. It could be a real thing happened during a staged fake as shit wrestling event. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that's exactly yeah. what it is uh, at all times. <laughs> so yeah, he ends up hurting his neck. He gets neck surgery, but continues to wrestle throughout the whole ordeal. This is our Benoit guy. Benoit, yeah. Okay. He ended up missing the next year due to his neck injury because it got Bad. worse. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the worst kind of injury to get in the neck. Yeah. You, you know, can't like, move around as well, and you're just kind of constantly in pain. Yeah. yeah. I met um, one of my favorite wrestlers ever, X-Pac. His name's Sean Waltman, and he was in Degeneration X and all that stuff uh, with Triple H and Shawn Michaels back in the day. But he got a lot of injuries, and when I met him, it was after a comedy show at the Laugh Factory. He had gone to see um, some people that I knew, and uh, we went to State Social after. And I just remember seeing him at first and just seeing him turn he his neck and shoulders turn at the same time because he yeah. can't actually turn his neck. And I was Man. like, Jesus, that's fucked. Like what it actually sure does to your body. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you can turn your neck. Yeah. Fortunately, I never did anything that uh, in- extraneous to actually hurt myself. So. <laughs> you were never a wrestler for 30 years? No, no, no. I had the, I had the option, but I, I just chose, yeah. chose not to go down that path. Yeah. You forget how important your neck is. Yeah. Right? 
Take care of your on. Take care of your next <laughs> listeners, okay? <laughs> hey, you said it, Mr. Alejandro. <laughs> Deep thoughts. <laughs> this is about neck health. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of your neck, people. Protect your neck, like yeah. Wu Tang said. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was that, yeah. Maybe were, that's what they were talking yeah, about. They were <laughs> saying the truth. Yeah, <laughs> preach it, brother. Yeah. Um. So in 2002, he ended up coming back after his neck was, you know, felt better. And on his first night back, he turned heel and aligned himself again with his good pal Eddie Guerrero. Um. So it's like him and his homie are just out there fucking. Being the villains, that's got to be a lot of fun. Bad boys back again. Yeah. And then Benoit immediately won the Intercontinental Championship. He's coming back. He's immediately winning championships. He's having like a big push between 2002 and 2004, 2005. They're really putting him at the top of the roster, giving him tag team championships. They're giving him Intercontinental. He ends up winning the WCW United States Championship because at this time, Vince McMahon bought out everybody but kept the brands alive in the WWE. So he bought WCW, he bought ECW, and so it was ECW, WCW, and WWE all wrestling together under one umbrella. Wow. And so they still had the WCW Championship, they still had the ECW Championship, and so he was just going around collecting belts. <laughs> wow. So many W's. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of like what they do with most sports. Like with the um, NBA, there was, wasn't there the, the ABA and then mm -hmm. there's the NBA and then they kind of bought the other one, just absorbed it and, you know. Yeah. In 2004, Benoit won a qualifying match for the 2004 Royal Rumble. Um, the Royal Rumble. The, uh, that's what it was that. called. Yeah. Yeah. That is the most fun event to watch every January. They always bring back like old wrestlers and make it nostalgic. And uh, they did that this year. It was amazing. Who did they bring back? The Hulk? They brought back um, <laughs> one of the people from Right to Censor, which was like this prudish uh, stable that was run by Stevie Richards in The Godfather. Uh, the Godfather, who was a pimp, got reformed and was like, you know, wrestling's out of control and you guys need to find God and, you know, be family friendly and blah, blah, blah. I'm regretting asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> and one, I, of the, one of the women came. I'm attempting came, to follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no follow up questions. And one of the women came back and she was thrown out the second she got to the ring. It was fun. Anyway. <laughs> Mark, she, just keep your mouth she shut. She didn't pass the Pectel test. <laughs> I just want to add that I did love the video games. Yeah. yeah, those were good. Especially around this time, they started to get really good. Like um, the SmackDown video game franchise was like so realistic and yeah. so fun. Because before it was just kind of like fighting games where it wasn't really like the moves weren't always like it wasn't actually like, sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in 2004, he ended up winning the Royal Rumble by eliminating the big show. And he earned a world title shot at WrestleMania 20 coming up in a few months after that. Whoa. The Big Show is the name of a wrestler. Yes. Yeah, I, that guy, I remember, big bald guy, just like crazy Giant. looking motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was homeless, he used to eat toothpaste sandwiches. The Big Ugh. Show? Instead of brushing his teeth, he would put toothpaste between uh, two pieces of bread and eat it. That's Ugh. disgusting. Imagine a, ho a homeless guy like that size you'd yeah. be like asking you for money at a gas station. I'd be fucking scared shitless. Just making my toothpaste sandwich. <laughs> he never thought to eat the bread and then yeah. wipe the toothpaste on his teeth yeah. after. I have no idea. Yeah, there's a lot of problem, fundamental yeah. problems with that story. Listen and I bet that's <laughs> just the beginning of his problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. His was not too great. 
Um, so he became Chris Benoit became the second WWE performer ever to win the Royal Rumble as the number one entrant along with Shawn Michaels. So that means he outlasted everybody from the very beginning. And that's very hard to do. In the yeah. Royal Rumble. Yes. When he goes to WrestleMania on March 14th, two months later, it's WrestleMania 20 and Benoit wins the World Heavyweight Championship by making Triple H tap out. And it was the first time ever that um, a WrestleMania main event had been ended by submission. So the Crippler strikes again. <laughs> um, and when he won, WWE champion Eddie Guerrero came out, who was like his best friend, like his I body. said. And they went out and celebrated together because they both came champions that night with different belts. And it's just like, that's got to feel good. Yeah, they're having the time in their life. It's like their, their entourage moment. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So this is where things kind of start to spiral because within, what do we say? That's March 2004. A year and a half later, Eddie Guerrero dies. Uh-oh. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. He was found in a hotel room. You know, he was no stranger to drugs and stuff, but alcoholism painkillers the real life issues were actually like incorporated into different storylines of his but the real thing that ended up killing him was heart problems because when you're taking steroids that much for that long uh steroids don't discriminate what muscles they make bigger and your heart is a muscle so that's like one of the biggest oh risk factors God. of doing steroids for I so long didn't even think of that so your heart gets huge and it can't pump anymore yeah. Um, so that's what ended up happening with him. It ha Oof. happened to Ken Caminiti, who was a baseball player for the uh, San Diego Padres. And um, he's not getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's just like, it's such a scary thing. So this just made Chris break down. Yeah. Um, and he's probably doing the same amount of steroids. Oh, as absolutely. Eddie. Yeah. So he's probably thinking. What's my heart like right now? And like once you're that deep in with the steroids and stuff late in your career, you're like, I can't stop this now or else my career is over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just glad I never took steroids. Yeah. Not that I was ever offered. <laughs> but <laughs> you did. I took them once for a summer and it was awesome. <laughs> you had a really big heart that summer yeah. yeah yeah i was busting out of his chest yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were doing all kinds of charity work oh hell yeah. yeah it made me so strong so quickly it was like concerning it was just insane. you're lifting a car above your head yeah, so you're like, saying steroids work so this is if anything this is a pro steroid podcast right? well yeah if you do Except it for, for like the guerrero story if you no. do it for like one summer then have fun. Yeah, do but, it for one summer. But don't be like it. Lala Zedo and do it for like 40 years. You know, <laughs> that's not good. No. No bueno. No bueno. It's not good for you. <laughs> I can't believe that Eddie Guerrero, like as a kid, you just look at these people and you think they're so much older than they are. He died at 38 years old. Damn. Mm. I always thought he was like in his 40s or 50s. I don't yeah. know why. I mean, he just was such a huge Well, you look back man. at everyone, you're like, uh, you know... Um, Charles S. Dutton or like like Brian Denny, you're like in an old movie, you're like, he's gotta be like fifty, but he's like twenty-eight. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, Wilfred Brimley. Cocoon, he really wasn't that old, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he was always this old man in yeah. the movies. That's funny. I posted a, I tweeted like a picture of him, like, you know, in those uh, cocoon years, he's like he was only thirteen years old right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um in the the time after Eddie Guerrero's death, people notice a definite change 
in Chris Benoit. Since we were just talking about steroids, besides Enlarged Heart, there's a whole host of other crazy things going on, including the emotional state. Yeah. You know. Hormone changes. Yeah, the hormone changes fuck you up. Yeah. And that's the first time I heard the term roid rage was with Chris Benoit. Really? Yeah. I remember a movie, an after-school special movie with Ben Affleck, actually. Really? Where he plays a boyfriend that goes on steroids and starts beating up his girlfriend and, like, you know, tears his life apart. Wow. Ben Uh, Affleck? Yeah, before, way before Goodwill Hunted or anything. Oh my god, that sounds. <laughs> I'll find. I'll find that movie. Pretty, yeah, it sounds like we got to watch that one. Oh yeah, that's that'll be a good uh, watch. Uh, Death and Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, a live stream watch. Yeah, absolutely. when we set that up. So this time, like over these years. Uh, he's distraught over the loss of his friend. He has taken so many chair shots to the head. He has jumped off the top rope, landing on his face every single night for about. 20 years. Mm. <laughs> that, take, that wear, takes a wear and tear on your body. And, yeah. And emotional this, state. This was before they really knew anything about CTE. So people noticed like he was forgetting things. He was overly emotional or overly angry, like one way or the other, super sad or super mad. And for the, the young folks, CTE is chronic encephalopathy. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, I don't know what that means. Either. Never mind then. CTE is when your brain swells. It's like a damaging of your brain from repeated uh, head trauma. Yeah. yeah, that's what all the NFL players have been getting. So well, I did see actually not to cut you off there, but mm-hmm. in July 2016, our guy Brunk, who was uh, what was his name, Sabu. Yeah, uh, there was a class action lawsuit that was filed against um, the WWE, which alleged that wrestlers incurred long term nor nor large. Neurological injuries. Neurological. Neurological injuries. Neurological injuries, and that the company routinely failed to care for uh, them. And, you know, so they had like a class action lawsuit. It's completely true. But that was actually thrown out. Um, wow! It was, it, the, it was dismissed because his wife is like a fucking senator now. That's a good question. Well, Trump McMahon? happened. To, Trump yeah. happened to be president at that time, and his yeah, yeah. Mitch Linda McMahon's, McMahon was in the cabinet. Yeah, she was mm, in the cabinet. Yeah. So you never That's know, right? Yeah, Trump used to go to all the wrestling events. He was yeah, in he, it. He was in it. Yeah. Right. Even when he was president, he would go. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. He went to watch. A, I, I think that was the uh, a uh, times. D- uh, UFC, MMA, FMA, MMA, whatever it was called. UFC? UFC, yeah, yeah, he went to that. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of UFC. But yeah, you're right, he used to be in them. Yeah. yeah. Big ties to Vince McMahon. He was a character in the WWE universe. Yeah, he, he laid people out, he fucked people up. He did. So that was real, you're telling me. That was completely yeah, real. Yeah, they would hit him with a chair and that was real? <laughs> they didn't hit him with a chair. Okay, yeah. so then what did he do that was real? Uh, he punched people. He really punched people. Yeah, he punched people. <laughs> Why am I not getting he shaved, the answer I he want? He shaved somebody's head. Yeah, that doesn't take much. Okay. <laughs> but he didn't get thrown on a table or anything, Trump. Like, no, no. Yeah. But he wasn't really fighting with people. It yes. was all just like a play. Well, yeah. All right, all right. There we go. Let's move on. We're not going to solve he this. Got, he got, he got out of you what he wanted to get out of yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, the movie with Ben Affleck in which he takes steroids, it's called A Body to Die For. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whoa. I love it. I'm in. Yeah, the Aaron I'm... Henry story. <laughs> it's not even done at a body to die for. Yeah. Colon, the Aaron Henry yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Is Aaron Henry a real person? I think so. I think oh, it's based okay. on a real kid that's, you know. <laughs> It'd be just... hilarious if that was just a character's name, like we're supposed to know or <laughs> yeah, give a fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron Henry. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. The steroid kid. <laughs> the guy from that movie that references itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaron Henry is a high school football player who constantly pushes himself to be the best. While working out at the gym trying to build up definition, he meets Bryce, who turns him on to steroids. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Bryce. Yeah, Bryce <laughs> would do that. Hey, man, you want some steroids? I'm Bryce. <laughs> and then they fucked each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> Chris Benoit not having a good uh, go of it. His best friend dies. Um, he's having major problems at home with his wife. Yeah. Um, What's her name again? Nancy Benoit. Nancy. Nancy Benoit. She was married to Chris Benoit. No, f- before the Kevin Sul- Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. She yeah, was known as woman in the uh, yes. in the WWE. She was known as woman. She was married to Sullivan, mm-hmm. and they divorced shortly after. Then. Uh, they were together for a while. But a- after the affair. Yes. And then Benoit got married to her pretty shortly, yes. too? Okay. Yep. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Made her an honest woman after yeah. making her a dishonest woman. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were never honest. Yeah. yeah. So they were fighting a lot because their son had um, a lot of problems. He was actually diagnosed with fragile X syndrome. Fragile X. Yeah, it's really not like not good heard of very much, but they it's listed as the number one most prevalent mental and physical retardation, I guess. Oh, oh, yeah. And how old was their son? Uh, seven years old. Okay. So for whatever reason, that was really causing a rift between Nancy and Chris. You know, the worries about how to take care of him, mm-hmm. how to, f- to fix him. Like, oh, yeah. It's a big strain on the marriage, on their lives. Yeah. Imagine. But from all accounts, Chris loved his son, Daniel, more than anything, which is why people are so confused about what actually happened. So I guess we'll just get into it. Okay. On June 22nd, over a three-day period from June 22nd to June 24th, 2007, Chris Benoit, a 40-year-old Canadian professional wrestler employed by WWE, living in Fayetteville, Georgia, Fayetteville, living in Georgia, murdered his wife, Nancy, and their seven-year-old son, Daniel, before hanging himself. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Hung himself. And Mm -hmm. how did he murder the other two? Yeah, that's a good question. So... The way anybody even found out about this was because he was supposed to be wrestling in Texas at the time. They were actually about to give him the World Heavyweight Championship that night. Yeah. And he never showed. And so people are calling him and he's like, oh, sorry, you know, uh, Chavo Guerrero, who I said was Eddie Guerrero's brother. It's actually mm-hmm. his nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in close contact with Chris all the time and called him and said, hey, what's going on? You know, a couple of days after the event. And he's like, oh, he's like, I, I couldn't make it because my uh, wife and son ha- got really sick from food poisoning. Huh. So I couldn't go. So he killed them. Yeah. And then went around living. Yeah. So over the three days, he killed his wife on a Friday. And the way they found out like what happened is like through the autopsy, she was uh, actually completely wrapped in blankets and had blood coming from her head. And there was a Bible next to her. They found 
Daniel, the seven-year-old son, in his own bed with a Bible next to him too. Mm, my God. And then he went to the gym in the basement and hung himself with a lat pull-down machine. So he ended up pulling down the lat thing and then wrapping it around his neck and letting go. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I already hate doing the lat pull-down. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I hate it even more. Yeah. Yeah. If you hated it before. <laughs> but how did he kill them? Um, so with his wife, the, in her autopsy, they found hydrocodone, Xanax, alcohol, but they don't know if he gave that to her or she was already doing that on her own, but she was clearly not in a you know fully sober state of mind, but he had her on her stomach. He put his knee in her back and pulled up with like a cord to, to choke her out. Oh, he yeah. strangled her. Yeah. All right. Jeez. I thought you were going to say he like grabbed her arms and just ripped her. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Ripped her apart or something. <laughs> yeah, he, and he could have, but they said that there was no sign of her fighting back from it. So she might not have even been awake Man. when it happened. Maybe which passed out, and yeah. then he just strangled her. Yeah, exactly. And it goes fast. But she had blood coming from her head, so he must have like tr- knocked her out or something. But they never found anything. Oh, they don't know what caused that. The blood in her head. There yeah. was no, it wasn't bludgeoned. No, it was just like. Just some blood on it was the head. Strangulation. Yeah, there was a pool of blood under her head. Hmm. What about the son? Um, the son, this is where it gets kind of weird. It's uh, already weird. This is where it gets weird? <laughs> this is where it gets a little weirder. Okay. Poor Daniel, man. Seven years old. He, um, he was found with no visible injuries, but when they did the autopsy, they found like his windpipe was crushed. And stuff, so he got choked from behind, like a rear naked choke. Oh, yeah. And there were rumors coming out at the time saying um, that he gave him his finishing move, the Crippler Crossface. Oh, (laughs) my God. And that was coming from the police who watched his um, wrestling tapes and was like, oh, that's injuries consistent with that move. And so people were like, oh, my God, he gave his son his finishing move to fucking kill him. But it's not true. He definitely just strangled him. Not true. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. The Crippler Crossface is like, when you have you, I can show you. I imagine okay. the 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 uh, the coroner like explaining. Well, this would be the crippler crud, but you know, just like very variations <laughs> yeah. of that. Because somehow it just sounds worse if he did his move on his son. Yeah, this is not footage of the murder. This is uh, yeah. this is the crippler crossways. Oh man! But you would break someone's neck. Yeah, you, you wouldn't. Choke them to death. Or someone mm. that, that size and age. But yeah. you said it was crushed. His, his like trachea, yeah. but not his neck. His neck would have been snapped in half yeah, if he was okay. doing that and pulling back All as right. hard as he could. Are you serious? Why did the cops do that? Why did they say that to create a little sensation? I don't know. Or? I think it was just some dumb fuck. What? It was like, yeah. oh, that's injuries consistent with. Well, maybe oh. there's some huge wrestling fan in there and they just want to, you know. They want all the info they could get, and yeah. they ran with that. Right. Certainly the wrestling federations wouldn't want that to be the case because that would make it sound really bad yeah, that yeah. he used his wrestling move well, that, I mean, to Vin, kill his Vince son. Vince McMahon would sue him, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Posthumously or whatever. Yeah. Posthumously. Posthumously. So the one, I mean... <sighs> bright spot in this is that he did drug his son to make sure he was completely passed out before he did that and like he loaded him up with xanax and benzos and stuff so that his son was definitely not awake when it happened there has to be a bright spot yeah i mean it's not the best term to use but uh it's the only one i got at the moment we'll take what we can get i guess yeah Yeah. this horrid story the weird thing (laughs) about his death is that he had needle marks 
all over his arms. Benoit? The son. The son. The son. His seven-year-old son had like needle pricks in his arms. And when they did the autopsy, they noticed that he had elevated levels of human growth hormone. So they think <gasps> that Benoit was shooting him up with HGH to try to fix him. Oh. Yeah. He thought it was like a miracle drug and it was like going to yeah. help his... That's crazy. And it probably didn't work at all. Yeah. It was making him, you know, yeah. hurt or something. Right. Well, this kid, this situation with this kid must have been like really rough for the mm-hmm. family and stuff. And like maybe he just reverberated through everyone else. You know, he in... in I'm sure Benoit was already... His head was already really fucked up with everything. So yeah. Like, yeah. it didn't help. And this poor woman's trying to live through this, you know, with these... With this maniac, you know, wrestler husband of hers and uh, this kid who's trying to go through this disease and stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) with the needle marks, they end up people. I don't know if it's the Internet swirling this up or if it was an actual angle from the police. But there was a rumor that was out there that Kevin Sullivan did that to them and like drugged him, (laughs) like injected him with drugs to like make him pass out and then murdered everybody and then tried to blame it on Chris as retribution for stealing his wife. That's a little far-fetched. I'm, I'm sure, did this guy, Kevin Sullivan, move on with his life? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, How yeah. could he have done that? Yeah. You think so? No. Okay. No. Yeah, it just sounds it's wild speculation. pretty far-fetched. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Chris Benoit still has another son that's alive, and he's spoken publicly about it. He's like, we actually looked into it, and he, Kevin had nothing to do with my dad's yeah. death. But imagine like someone like that. If you're Kevin Sullivan, you're like, you know what? The, their fate turned out way worse than anything I could do to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, exactly. yeah. right. And it's, it feels like a karma moment type thing. But you you know yeah. If if karma was real, which it probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's rough karma right there. Yeah. That is really rough karma. That's <laughs> a bitch. It's a real <laughs> bitch in that situation. That's yeah. a crazy bitch. Karma's a cunt in that situation. Whoa. <laughs> After how many episodes Kyle finally called karma a cunt? <laughs> He's been everything's been leading up to this moment. Yeah, the C word isn't brought out very often. The karma yeah. ain't it a cunt. <laughs> yeah. Fame ain't it a cunt. <laughs> that was the Canadian version of mysteries and scandals. Yeah. <laughs> so this other son. Yeah. How old was he? He wasn't in the house. Yeah, where was he? He was 15 when it happened. And he just wasn't home? No, because he lived with his mom. So oh, it was a another... different. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully, for real. He was upset beyond any fucking. Yeah. Any measure because that was the week after Father's Day. Um... So he talked to his dad for two hours on the phone right before all this happened. And did he get any sense? Well, obviously, when you're 15, it's hard to really tell, you know. You well, can tell, though. Yeah, you could probably tell. Did he sense his dad was, like, you know, out of sorts or no, insane? He, from what I read, he said that, you know, it was a good conversation with his dad for two hours. But it was everybody else that knew Chris behind the scenes and, like, all the other wrestlers. They knew he wasn't right. Really? Like, something was wrong with him, yeah. Just because he wasn't returning calls? Yeah, he would go missing or, you know, was forgetting stuff or was just super upset about certain things and then they knew that they, they were fighting like cats and dogs him and his wife Nancy and oh they were oh, fighting yeah. for yeah. a while and anyone yeah. who gets that kind of crazy into religion that, that has three Bibles on hand that's when you know things are getting uh, kind of kooky yeah I didn't think of that just the fact that he had three Bibles yeah who's got three Bibles in their house <laughs> we just lost half our listeners yeah <laughs> what I don't know if he bought them specifically 
for this because they ended up finding a suicide note inside one of the Bibles that had a note that said, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Oh, jeez. That's all the note said? Um, That's all that was given to the public. Oh, but there was a longer note. I believe so. Hmm. That would Um, be such a unsatisfying note to leave if it just said i'm getting ready to leave the world bye. yeah, yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> there's like 14 e's and bye, yeah. bye. <laughs> um so the whole debate was like did steroids cause this did roid rage cause it yes and no i think the biggest thing is that they actually found out about you know cte the guy that uh bennett Amalu was the guy that studied it for the NFL. Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. Yep. Um, In the movie Concussion. Yeah. They ended up getting his brain, and they said that his brain looked worse than an 85-year-old patient with dementia. Oh, man. Yeah, one of the worst they've ever seen. So getting hit in the head repeatedly by metal chairs and jumping off the top rope every night for 20 years. Not good. Landing not on your good face. For you. The long yeah. run. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to do anything Avoid good. Avoid if at all possible. Yeah. Do mixed, not do that. mixed with, you know, steroid and drug use and, and mm, drinking and yeah. everything. And yeah, destroying just, your liver and everything else. Just disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolute disaster waiting to happen. Mm. It just reminds me of um, Mickey Rourke and the wrestler. Like, mm-hmm. how, like, hor- like he'd do all the lifting and stuff to the extent that it was insane, but he, he treated his body, like, horribly otherwise. Yeah. And the order of events, like I said, it took three days. So he killed his wife the first day and then killed his son either the next day or the day after. June 24th. That was the first day then. Uh, oh no, yeah. that's when he died. So it started on June twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. So and he killed himself finally on June twenty fourth. Yeah. The reason that they know that was because the level of decomposition between the two bodies were different. Mm-hmm. So she was way God. more advanced than the son was. Man. Isn't it wild that there's jobs in this world that require people to walk in on that kind of scene and oh here's the decomposing body yeah and just grab it and then some people then cut it open and i think they get so desensitized to it that it's like you know second nature they're like ah, here's another one you know get the meat wagon yeah anybody i've talked to that's in you know those kind of professions is uh say that the only way they are able to deal with it is because they they know they're helping people and they're helping families yeah but it is a really fucked up thing to do is just see insides of bodies. And- there was a movie about the cleaners that came up, came in after the bodies got mm. removed and stuff. Sunshine Cleaners. I think Emily oh. Blunt was in that. Oh, that's oh. what that was about. Yeah, I think I so. Like crime that. scenes and stuff that oh. cleaned up after. Oh, that's a pretty interesting idea. <laughs> yeah, it's an insane, ridiculous premise, but yeah. like, it could be good or bad. But. Yeah. But yeah, that's still, that's a wild job too. The worst smell. <laughs> and the worst energy, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Some bad juju in those rooms, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the fallout from this. Um, Is something funny, Kyle? No. The fallout uh, really comes down on Chris Benoit's doctor, as Uh-oh. you know we've seen before in other cases. Doctors mm. aren't always out for the patients. Yeah. It so- was a man named Conrad Murray. <laughs> <laughs> He's hot around this time. <laughs> Phil C. Aston the Third was the personal doctor for Chris Benoit. Phil C. Aston the Third. Yes. Okay. There was a raid on his office after Benoit and his family were found. The 
search turned up a lot of records. They stole, stole, they seized three years of bank records and computers. And according to the Associated Press in February 2008, Aston was charged with overprescribing medication in a case not connected to Benoit. So they pretty much used Benoit as an excuse to go in there and get him. Wow. Um, on January 29, 2009, he admitted he had legally prescribed drugs, sometimes without examining the patients first, and pleaded guilty to 175 counts against him. And he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Damn. So we're talking painkillers. Talking painkillers. We're talking testosterone. We're talking everything. He was giving Chris Benoit steroids. Yes. Oh well, that is bullshit. Yeah. Although, if you're going to take steroids, yeah, it's nice that a doctor is administering well, it. But are they, I, this might be a dumb question? But are they a hundred percent illegal? No. No, yeah, you can. No, you can get it. You yeah, can get HGH and uh, testosterone and yeah. uh, anabolic steroids. Some people need prescribed. it yeah. for their condition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you have degenerative like diseases where your muscles are wasting away, they'll give you steroids. But this guy's probably also giving painkillers and all the the drugs that his wife was taking too, probably. Yeah, but yeah, when your patient has the neck the size of a log, <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't need to give maybe him. Maybe hold back. Steroids. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Maybe old log neck doesn't need anymore. <laughs> Give me more. Yeah, the guy known as the handicapper. Wait, what was his name? The Crippler. The, the Crippler. Crippler. Maybe the Crippler doesn't need all those steroids. Yeah. Um, and, what, and, and amphetamines. Jeez. Yeah, what else was he giving them? Yeah. Probably. Um, did they find a bunch of stuff in his system? Yeah, they did. They found... Um, you name it. Xanax. They found uh, anabolic steroid, testosterone, cypionate. Um, found in his urine. Nice. Um, the investigators believe that the level found uh, in his body suggested that he'd been taken. It had been taken very recently. Um, so he was taking it right up to the end. No Benadryl on this one. No Benadryl on this one. <laughs> I was gonna ask that. <laughs> All right. That, that so. was, for the listeners, that was um, uh, Whitney Houston had a little Benadryl in her system, yeah. as did. Um, the DJ AM. DJ AM oh, that's had a right. bit of Benadryl, yeah. yeah. The one thing Benoit did not test positive for was alcohol. Mm. So he did this completely sober, but with the mind of an 85-year-old dementia person. <sighs> and he's injecting steroids to the end. Yeah, literally. What's going through of. his really tattered mind <laughs> when he's injecting steroids after he's killed them? And Well, maybe he did house. it to kill them. Huh? Maybe he did it to kill them. Oh, like it strong. pumped him up. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't take that. Is much. that what steroids? Does? It like makes you feel like un unbreakable or like. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 Like the Hulk. Yeah. Makes you feel confident as shit. But what a disgusting thing to need to get that strong to kill your seven year old kid. I know. It's yeah. Get the horrible. fuck out of here. Yeah. That's crazy. But what? What a monster. Although you're saying there was dementia. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's like thinking, I'm going to start over, and you know, I I got to get rid of these two in order to yeah. start over. Like and stuff. that guy who killed his wife and little girls, the Chris Watts. Yeah, oh, that yeah, huge yeah. story. He had this thought that he could actually start a new life if he just, you know, killed his Get rid of family. Them. Yeah, oh, it's go with crazy. his weird girlfriend. Um, government fallout with Benoit and his death allegedly linked to steroid abuse. WWE underwent investigation by the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform regarding their talent wellness policy. Wellness yeah. is yeah. not what uh, Chris Benoit. Well, that's not really the end game had. of WCW. They're not looking for anyone to be well in, no. the, in that organization. No way. They 
didn't take any legal action against them, but you know, suggested that they need to start steroid testing their talent. And uh, the WWE went to everybody and were like, listen, if you're on it, it's okay. We're going to test everybody now just to get a baseline count of who actually is on steroids. And 40% of the wrestlers tested positive for steroids. <laughs> of course. I'm surprised it's so I low. thought it was going to be 100%. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought it would have been higher, too. Uh, or maybe some of them have better doping in which it doesn't come up. Yeah. True. Really, I am like shocked. Like twelve. Yeah, the clear. Right. GB <laughs> <GB12>. twelve. <laughs> um, and then he became, you know, like part of the cultural zeitgeist, I guess. At the Comedy Central roast of Flavor Flav in August 2007, Jimmy Kimmel joked to honoree Flavor Flav that Chris Benoit is a better father than Flavor Flav. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember that joke. In retrospect, that entire roast, I think, would get everyone canceled. Yeah. The show aired less than two months after the incident, so they probably filmed it like the day of. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and all the wrestlers who knew him, they all took that stance in the press like he was such a great guy and was shocked that he did this well there are people kurt angle um came out and said chris ben was responsible for his own uh actions like okay so don't he... put this on vince mcmahon so uh, yeah, there were people okay. like you know being loyal to their master well i'm not <laughs> necessarily blaming vince mcmahon i'm saying there were a bunch of people defending chris benoit like, mm. don't tarnish his memory because he was such a great guy. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. the, the, the I guess the assumption in saying that is that someone did this to him. And who, like, who would had the biggest effect on his life right. and career? Vince McMahon. Okay. And w, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, WCW and whatever these other variations are. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, the suicide note was not discovered during the initial initial investigation, but one was later discovered in a Bible that had been among Benoit's possessions that were sent to his first wife and their two children in Canada. Um, oh, he sent the note in a Bible to his first wife. Yeah, and that that's the that's where his fifteen year old son was. Mm -hmm. So at the event that he was supposed to be at after you know the one he didn't show up for, they had a WWE televised event the day they found the bodies. And they did like the 10 bell salute saying, you know, like our fallen brother is no longer with us, blah, blah, blah. We love Chris Benoit. And then the next day, everyone found out that he killed his son and wife. And they went on that week and said, we will never talk about Chris Benoit ever again. Damn. And they never have. They've, oh. ta they've taken a him out of archive footage on the WWE Network. They do not mention his name. They bleep it every time or cut it out completely. They will not allow him to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. They have taken a complete blacklisting stance against him. They don't have him in any video games. The year. Well, why would they put him in a video game now? <laughs> the yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> well, they do. They have like all old. I know, and stuff. but come on. A guy that they killed had, his family. They had him in um, Raw versus SmackDown 2008. And right as it was going out they pulled it back and took him out of the game that must well, be worth so much money if you were able to grab oh one for of the sure originals. Yeah. yeah those activision people i remember um oj simpson they they had um i think it was you can play the madden with like the the famous teams of the of the years mm -hmm. you know like the um you know like the 91 giants or like in, but oj it just says i think it said football player Mm. Uh, for, oh, for, his, for his running back position in that, that Madden kind of like uh, history of Madden team. <laughs> well, the anonymous football player should have been the best then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got like 100% on all the, like, yeah. the, the skills. You know it's agility, but... agility and strength and yeah, murdering <laughs> capability. <laughs> <laughs> 
good thing they got in that tribute then that first night. Yeah. Good evening. Tonight, this arena here in Corpus Christi, Texas, was to have been filled to capacity with enthusiastic WWE fans. Tonight's storyline was to have been the alleged demise of my character, Mr. McMahon. However, in reality, WWE superstar Chris Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their son Daniel are dead. Their bodies were discovered this afternoon in their new suburban Atlanta home. The authorities are undergoing an investigation. We here in the WWE can only offer our condolences to the extended family of Chris Benoit. That has never been seen ever again. That's been stripped. That's lost media. And the only other thing we can do at this moment is tonight pay tribute to Chris Benoit. Under the WWE umbrella, you'll never see it. Ever. Well, yeah, they don't want to rightfully have their name associated with this guy. No way. It's yeah. just good marketing. Yeah. It's crazy because Stone Cold Steve Austin said that uh, although he was important to the business, he would never be inducted into the Hall of Fame due to his actions. And Chris Jericho, which was actually a friend of his, stated that Benoit should never be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Mm. It's brutal because people look at him as like one of the top 10, if not top 20 wrestlers of all time. Okay, what's your be opinion top, then? Top fake wrestlers? like Yeah. Top, <laughs> top, <laughs> I think Mark's on my side. I am, yeah. <laughs> top top pretenders or like people yeah. pretending to do stuff? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, all right, what's your opinion then? Uh, it's very, it's very put, difficult to tell the story of WWE without having him in it. They put you as the head of the Hall of Fame committee. What yeah. do you do? I think if he goes in, there's got to be a section dedicated to people who have... Uh, you won't unequivocally say that he should not be in it. If he's in, he should be a lesson as to why you should have a better You're wellness You're dancing policy. around the question. <laughs> Badgering the witness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he should be. You can't handle the truth. I think there should be a hall of shame in the Hall of Fame. That I'm glad he's dead. I hope he rots in hell. <laughs> yeah, I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, there should be a lesson to be learned that, you know, this shit is real. And if it's not, people aren't taking care of properly. Bad things can happen. Why is the Hall of Fame the right spot for that lesson? Couldn't you just put that somewhere else? Well, I mean, you, you, you don't want to showcase book. someone who like got fucked up on steroids and killed their family. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what you don't want to do. All right, you sold me. He's out. <laughs> and his name was the what was it? The strangler, the, the crippler, the, the crippler. Yeah, yep. the crippler found dead. Yeah, it's just like yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> well, he's gone. He's gone. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, and really. Who cares if he's okay, not in yeah. the Hall of Fame? Oh, fake wrestling Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world will go on spinning. Yeah. How well, dare that guy you, can sirs? Really take a fake chair. How dare you? Head. Fake chair. That shit was real. Okay. And that's why he had the brain of an 85-year-old dementia patient. Yeah, that's true. He really took some hits, but I'm not going to that for him. That's pretty demeaning to 85-year-old dementia patients, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some really nice ones out there. They're probably all out there trying to strangle people. They just can't. <laughs> There's <laughs> an old dude like, I wouldn't kill nobody. I'll get my hands on you. <laughs> I haven't moved my arms in 15 years. <laughs> but if I could... 
I'd struggle you. <laughs> Boy, do I want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. If I had the energy to kill you. <laughs> so that is the story of Chris Benoit. Sad, sad story. Very sad. Yeah. Final thoughts. Final thoughts is, um, you know, his son finally was able to come to terms with it because, you know, the findings of the CTE and just, you know, made peace with it by saying that wasn't my dad. That was another person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I guess you have nice, to do. Nice guy. Nice kid from um, Montreal, Canada. There's they're the nicest people up there in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just turned into whatever he was turned into. Mm-hmm. Sad story. No bueno. No bueno. Another story where the child dies as well. Yeah. R.I.P. to Daniel and Nancy. That is brutal. It's always hard to fathom. Yeah. Sad stuff. All right. So follow us on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to turn on the subscription bell. At Diepod2021 on Twitter and uh, Instagram at Death and Entertainment, as well as YouTube. Death and Entertainment is our YouTube. It's uh, it's cracking these days. A lot of hot comments, a lot of hot takes from a lot of people. A lot of people getting into the serious debates. Yeah, a lot of debates, and we (laughs) don't even know what to make of it. You gotta (laughs) you gotta see the comments to really understand what's going on, or not understand what's going on. Yeah. All right. Bye. We'll see you next week. All right. See you later, dudes. Bye. You have just heard a true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.